Well, have you ever struggled with an apology? Actually saying, I'm sorry. Have you struggled with forgiveness and reconciliation? Well, on today's show on Your Story with Melinda, I'm talking to Coach Drew, a psychotherapist from the Toronto area, to talk about the genuine art of apology, how to do it well, how to move forward, steps on how to begin that process of an apology to work towards forgiveness and reconciliation. This is a great show for anyone who's struggling, who's stuck, who's angry, who doesn't want to give power over to another person. This show will rock your world and help you change your understanding of apology. Stay with us. Coach Drew, it's so great to have you here on Your Story with Melinda. I always like having a psychotherapist <laughs> come and sit with me at the table, <laughs> but but we've kind of like shifted the role here because I'll be asking you the questions. I, I love that. Yeah. Does it feel awkward? Yeah. No. It, it gives me a break. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, I'll go right into those deep, dark secrets you have. No, I won't. But what I think is great and... Just like what I said in my introduction, this whole idea of this apology, and you've spent months and months writing and different drafts on this new book that you have, The Art of a Genuine Apology, and this is it here. And so I'm fascinated by this. I I haven't really heard apology. I've heard a lot about forgiveness, but I never knew that there was an art to it. Definitely and is, yeah. so let's start with really what is an apology and then I want to kind of ask you how you got here because it's sort of like you're an expert now but you've written the book you've got great thoughts about it but what happened before but what does that mean what does an apology really mean well when the the opening of the book talks a little bit about different kinds of apologies okay so you know you have the casual apology you bump into a stranger and you're like oh Sorry, my bad. And then you move on with life. Mm -hmm. But then there is another level and another level for those really significant moments where some emotional injury has taken place Mm -hmm. in a significant relationship. Mm -hmm. And as you can tell, a casual apology just won't cut it. Yeah, it won't do it. And when when you say apology, is it just... I'm sorry, because I think in the sort of like the mass understanding, most people would say if I went to them on the street and said, what's an apology? They'd say, oh, it's I'm sorry. But I think the way they would say it's very casual. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's got to be something deeper than just a I'm sorry. Definitely is. There's a whole level of meaning and depth to a genuine apology, which is um, why I which is why I wrote the book. Yeah. Um, So the level of meaning and what makes an apology able to touch someone's heart Mm -hmm. to to move them to not only convey sincerity but to effectively address someone's pain Mm -hmm. that's when you get to that point yeah that's when you know you've come close to mastering the art of a genuine i'm gonna be learning a lot today i can already tell because maybe there's some areas where i'm like "Mm, maybe i didn't do a genuine apology on those Mm. things Before we get there, you know, you've been a psychotherapist for 12 years Mm -hmm. in the greater Toronto area. Um, You've obviously met with lots of people, lots of needs, a lot of emotional, Mm -hmm. hard things to hear. How does somebody get into that? What's your backstory? Because I'm always fascinated about how do people get into that work where they take on all of these issues of others to help them, you know, 
move forward, you know, begin some transformation mm-hmm. or change. What was it for in your story that got you to that place? Well, to be honest, I had no idea I would end up here. <laughs> okay. This was not my plan at all. Yeah. My life, and maybe no one's life, moves in a straight uh, line from mm-hmm. point A to point B. Um, but despite me not knowing I'd end up here, yeah. people who have known me all my life can see that you've always been doing this. When mm. I was, I'm, I'm the second born of four children. Okay. So the middle child, you know, you hear the stuff from above and from beneath. Yeah. You work on being a mediator, you know, peacekeeper, problem solver. Yeah. So all my life people have come to me and found me approachable, trustworthy, non-judgmental. So those natural kinds mm. of characteristics have carried over. Uh, but uh, my first degree was actually in music. Really? Yes. Okay. So after graduating um, with a vocal performance degree, I'm like, Lord, <laughs> what do I do with this? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to go into the world of classical music. Yeah. I, after doing a degree, I realized uh, that's not what I would want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I discovered uh, Tyndale. And um, my passion for understanding people and helping people, it it really nurtured that. But beyond that was a desire for me to be a good husband Mm -hmm. and to be a good father. You know, despite the degrees, I realized I want to I want to learn how to do that. I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. So you're thinking of this before you're even married or with kids that you wanted to be a good husband and good yes. father. Yes, that wow. that that was significant for me. My I grew up in a home with loving parents. Um, their marriage ended when I was about thirteen, mm-hmm. and um, I learned a lot from that experience. Yeah. And as I say in the book, good intentions don't always equal good outcomes. And love just isn't enough, yeah. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm learning and still learning how to love and how to love well. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Where does that come from? I, I, I haven't heard many people say that's sort of the, the end game to be a good – I mean, they say it. You know, I want to be a good father, good husband, you know, a good colleague. But a lot of people would say, you know, more so I want to be successful. I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I want to provide for my family. But th- those are good things. Like, you know, at, at the at sort of the base of it all, like I want to be a good husband and good father. It, you know, it talks a lot about character. Like where – was that because of what you experienced in your home or where did that – come from too because I think that's important for our viewers to understand that because those are the important things I agree you know I definitely would say those that's success to me and Mm -hmm. it is ongoing Mm -hmm. Um, it's good that I value learning and healing and growth because it never ends I, I don't shoot for, for, for perfection. It's impossible. Yes. I just aim for better. <laughs> yeah. And getting better. Um, my, my mom, she was an avid reader of books. She always, you know, and my dad, his mantra was get a good education, get a good education. Mm-hmm. And for me, those things contributed to who I am as a person. But I realized I had issues. Yeah. Like us all. We all do. <laughs> and if we don't know what those issues are mm-hmm. and learn how to address them and grow through them, grow out of them, whatever it takes, those issues then become your partner's issues and they become your children's right. issues. And so it, and like I said, everybody has issues. So like if you're 
not addressing yours. You're just compounding theirs. Why don't we? Why don't we address issues? I know it sounds so elementary, but if it is, I've seen that from generation to generation. You know, when a father doesn't or does do this, when a mother doesn't or does do this, mm-hmm. how it impacts the kids, right. and then you swear you will never be like your parents, and then, and then all of a sudden up. you become a parent, and you're like, oh my right. gosh. I said the same thing as my mom, or I did that same thing as my dad. And then or you feel guilty, and then you feel right? mad at yourself, and it's a self-loathing, and you're like, how do you stop that cycle of insanity? Because mm-hmm. I, I swore I would never be like them. And some people swing to the other end of the, 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 the spectrum, and they do the exact opposite, which often isn't helpful or healthy Oh, you either. mean exactly opposite of what their parents exactly. were, to the extreme. My parents were too strict, and then now there are no <sighs> boundaries. It's just, you know, a free-for-all. Yeah. Right? So why don't people address? And addressing issues, that might as well mm-hmm. be the theme of the book, too, because the idea of a genuine apology is how to address an issue, whether it is something that you've done or something that someone has done to you. So your book could have been The Art of a Genuine Apology and Addressing Those Really Bad Issues in Your Life. Oh, yeah. So that they won't continue generation and, and, to generation. Right? Right, right, exactly. And then the, the title comes <laughs> to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And on and on and on and on. And it's one of those books because it talks about communication. Yeah. And that's one of the things that a lot of people, you assume that because you can speak, you know how to communicate. You being a communicator <laughs> for all these years, you yeah. know that there's a very big difference between speaking and communicating. Absolutely. So, just ask my husband. It's funny. I mean, he doesn't mean to be, you know, it's not something mean. He just says, you know, for a communicator and speaker... Right. Number one, it's like you don't listen as well, but also you don't communicate. It's like you can speak and you can speak to thousands of people. Right. But it's interesting that, yes, there is a challenge of me. I can I can speak, but to communicate effectively where yeah. I'm listening, I'm hearing what he's saying, I'm then speaking back to him. Right. I have a lot to learn. And it's funny that way, eh? It's, like- it's crazy <laughs> because, okay, when you take it to a personal and a significant relationship there it it changes the dynamic so Mm -hmm. not only are you communicating and and your husband is right the biggest part most important part about communication in a relationship is the listening part and people really emphasize the speaking part there are ways to do the speaking part which the book Mm -hmm. addresses Mm -hmm. you know including language to use because some people don't know what to say literally yeah uh the timing the tone of voice all that stuff is important so timing communication yeah and language. Yeah. Those are those actually are really good. I, yeah. I'm challenged by that. Because you know, some people are like the tone goes higher. Yeah. And more angrier. Right. And the language gets more colored sometimes yes. or more passive aggressive. Yeah. And you know, timing, you know, when they're exhausted after work and have no capacity to hear you. Right. Got it. Exactly. See, All I'm pieces. learning. I'm already beginning See? to, to hear you. you. Go. And I'm, I'm going <laughs> to knock over this microphone. But then the, when you add in the emotional element, then that changes the dynamic. Like you said, the voice will go higher. Yeah. Why? Because you're experiencing some activation, some yeah. uh, particularly unpleasant emotion. And I, I label them as unpleasant because emotions are neither good nor bad. Mm-hmm. But they're not enjoyable, the ones that we try to avoid, yeah. which contributes to why we stay away from addressing issues because we don't want to feel what it is we don't want to feel. Oh, so that's it. So when people don't address issues, they don't, because you know, so deep down, you know you have an issue. Mm-hmm. Most people do. Most people do. And they don't want to confront them because they're afraid of what either will happen or how they will make them feel. Fear, fear of the outcome, (gasps) fear of experiencing the emotion, because depending on where one has come from, that's a re-traumatization. 
Like it might not have anything to do with you, but the fact that this is coming up for me can remind me of some other stuff that I haven't addressed. Right. Then do I want? And then there are ideas and beliefs about what it means to apologize. When I apologize,、mm. that means I'm taking 100% of the blame. Right. And that's not necessarily the case,、right. and that wouldn't be healthy if it's not true. And if I apologize, I also somehow in my mind give over power. Yeah. To the other person when I don't want them to, if if they've hurt me, if I apologize, I, I it's funny how you learn this somewhere that the, an apology is in some ways a weakness or a giving over power control of your life or situation to another person. I don't think that's what is in here. Well, I think you sounds like you've read the book because <laughs> it talks a lot about that. Where does this come from? Both the the baggage of not being able to apologize, or the other extreme, apologizing for everything. Oh, okay. Taking responsibility, like the default apology,、mm-hmm. and you know, I know some of our viewers are—they're not Canadian, but Canadians—they apologize. That's、a、what、lot. we do. We're, <laughs>、right. we're generally speaking,、mm-hmm. we're very polite people. But then there are some people who literally take on responsibility for everything. Like they know it has nothing to do with them. Oh wow! But they're sorry, and it comes out, and that doesn't usually work out well for them long term. So when we say apology, you know, there's obviously that that it's also sort of in partnership with forgiveness. Is that right? So an apology would be what what you say, but is is how does that work with forgiveness? How are they kind of together or the same? Or well, you know, that's chapter seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> chapter seven is differentiating、uh, an apology from forgiveness. And from reconciliation,、okay. the three things are very different. They can work wonderfully together, but it's dangerous if you assume that they're all the same thing. So、okay. I can apologize and expect expectations. I can expect forgiveness, but、mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed. Right. So you know, forgiveness and an apology; those are two things that don't necessarily have strings attached. Okay. They're better when they don't. Okay. When you forgive, you forgive because you choose to forgive. Whether or not somebody is going to acknowledge what they did was wrong, it forgiveness only requires one.、Mm-hmm. Like it's my choice. Right.、Um, an apology also only requires one. But reconciliation, on the other hand, that's the end goal.、Mm-hmm. That requires two. Right. You cannot have reconciliation unless you agree. And you can't agree on something unless you actually understand what it is that you're talking about.、Mm-hmm. And most people don't really understand the depths of their own experience. Wow! Even if you hurt me, for example, if I don't take the time to figure out what that means for me and how that has informed me, changed my life, when I offer you forgiveness, it's only going to be on a superficial level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And、um, not that there's anything wrong with that per se. Because often, over time, we realize, oh, that same injury, that same hurt, that impacted me more than I knew.、Yeah. It could be one year, two years, three years, four years, five years later, and I call those invitations to forgive again because we get those. Yeah, and you get to forgive again, again and, and forgive again, again, again and forgive again. Because some people say, you know, I've forgiven or I haven't forgiven based on how they feel,、mm-hmm. but feelings don't always come along with forgiveness right away. You know, Coach Drew. <laughs> 
There's a lot, you know, I've been doing this for a while, interviewing people, and, you know, I listen to their stories. And when I, you know, as I've listened to, you know, known people and celebrity type to, you know, everyday people, it's amazing how every story I've heard, there's been these issues, things that have not, that have kept us back or held us, whether Mm -hmm. it's shame or fear, loss of control. But every person I've met has been hurt in some way. Yeah. Every single person has been hurt, whether it was by words or by action, either from a parent or a spouse or kids. Like, you know, and it's amazing how even though, you know, socioeconomically we're different and diverse in ethnicity, it's sort of that one thing we all have that we've all, you know, have this sort of journey where we have to make decisions on do we deal with the issues, do we apologize, do we forgive, do we work through a reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And the best stories you know, that I've, that I've done on this podcast are ones where people have said, we have apologized, we've forgiven, and, we, and we work, we're working towards reconciliation, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. it's like, those are some of the best, most hopeful stories. And then I see other people where they want to hold on to this stuff, and they are angry and sad and lonely and not happy. Yeah. And you kind of look at these lives, and you're like, which, which do I want to be? I've learned a lot. I've really learned a lot from the different stories, because... The people, I'm like, wow, they've made the hard decision to, to work through this process. Right. And I, in the same vein as a psychotherapist, I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm, I'm grateful for having written the book because it's not just, I didn't just come up with this. Like, you know, right. of course, God blesses me and gives wisdom, but the lives of others helps me to <clears throat> see things differently. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, as human beings, we are imperfect. We are going to be hurt and hurt the people that we love. It's inevitable. Ah, If you're going to be in a relationship, expect there to be hurt. Um, Whether it's intentional or not, it's it's going to happen. There's no way around it. Mm -hmm. So the way I see it, you might as well be prepared to address it when it happens. Yeah. And I think that's some of the, the tough things when I talk to friends that I know where they didn't talk about it. They weren't communicating. And... It has hurt relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's been where you don't want to address things because, again, you don't want to bring it up. You don't want to hurt. Or you just are like, let's just be at peace. So, And peace has equated to actually not dealing with your issues, which right. isn't peace. Right. But some people believe that. Right. But then you see the outcome of what's happened. You've seen, you know, children being affected by it. You've seen marriages being affected by it. And, you know, I think the encouragement with something like what you've written and us even just sharing is to kind of open – up and give people the courage um, to be free from that. Mm-hmm. And in, in a way, though, it's hard work. It's hard work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and any healthy, strong relationship requires work. Right. It, it, I know. And you, I kind of look at you because I'm like, like, I know. I don't want it to be I true. know. <laughs> but fairy tales don't say there's a lot of work. They no. just say kind of live and have fun and right. dance around right. in a beautiful dress. Right? <laughs> Fairy tales take you up to the honeymoon, and then they allow you to just assume that the rest is uh, just wonderful. And then people get surprised, like, it's this hard? And you're like, yes, it's hard because it is work. But, you know, that's why I really emphasize the individual component. When we take responsibility for ourselves, we look at our own stuff. And, you know, the, the goal of this book isn't to demand apologies from everybody who's ever hurt you. Okay, so that's not what it is. Because, no, you know, people no, probably listening right? are like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to apologize to everybody. I'm going to demand that they apologize to me. And, 
I don't think that's realistic. No, no, and it's <laughs> it's not helpful. The best way to use this book is to acknowledge that you are imperfect, and address hurts that you've caused. Mm. Become an expert at how to address these things, and you model that for other people. And <clears throat> I've seen it happen so effectively with people that, although I encourage them not to expect an apology in return, when it's done well. Authentically, and it covers all of those points. The person on the other end is so receptive, yeah, and they're ready to acknowledge where they've gone wrong, and they offer an apology in return. Yeah, and to do the apology, I mean, for yourself too. I think you have to be ready. You know, I don't think it's for me. I think it would be where I couldn't just do it just quickly or without thought. It needs to be come from a place. I think for me. Um, you know, with humility, understanding that maybe the outcome won't be what I want, but that you know I'm responsible for for my actions and for what right. I'm to do. Right. Right. So I think, and that's like forgiveness. You can forgive, and they may not forgive, but that's on them. You've done, you know, your part. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's big. That's big stuff. It is. I mean, it's jam packed with a lot of things. You mentioned humility, and that's one of the five values that are woven into a genuine apology.、Mm-hmm. Responsibility is another one.、Mm-hmm. Accountability is another one. Yeah. Empathy is another one. Like it, it is rich and it's loaded. Vulnerability is another one. So it's not your casual level apology.、Mm-hmm. When we're really talking about.、Um, Taking responsibility, specifically looking at what you've done and imagining how it impacted the other person, yeah, and、um, being able to address that. Now, con- reconciliation is something that I'm enjoying talking about more and more these days, yeah,、um, because it incorporates all these things. It also talks a whole lot about expectations and boundaries. That's a big one. And、yeah. you mentioned readiness, ready to apologize, but then there's also readiness to reengage in in a, in a relationship. I grew up in church, and even in my family, the assumption is you forgive and then you just move on, <laughs> you carry on with、yeah. life as you Get were. Get going, yeah.、And、as you were.、Mm-hmm. Whoa. Well. <laughs> That's 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 not helpful、yeah. in a lot of situations、yeah. because we sometimes expect that when we offer forgiveness or someone asks for forgiveness, they really understand one what they've done,、yeah. which isn't usually the case.、Yeah. Two, they understand and commit to not doing it again, which is rarely the case.、Yeah. So if someone doesn't understand not only how they impacted you, they don't understand what led them to doing what they did. Then how are they going to understand how to change it and not do it again? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's good. So you know, so the saying is, "A promise is a comfort to a fool." I think, not to be mean, but I think the 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 folly of it is not understanding that understanding is required to make change. Right.、Yeah. So if they、that's、don't、good. understand how to change, how is it fair to expect them to change? Change. Right. I promise, I'll never do it again. Okay. Okay. Do you know how? Yeah. You're not gonna. And then they、again? do it again, and and then you get frustrated, and they get frustrated, and then you're like, but I think you're right. Sort of all the skill to help them, the understanding of what、right. what is happening in this you know conversation and what and what's happening. You know, you talked about growing up in church.、Mm-hmm. You know, for our for our viewers and listeners, you know, they're on the wide spectrum of a faith journey.、Yeah. Some. No idea, questioning others who've been on this journey for a long, long time. 
What would you say, Coach Drew, of for you and I think for me, you know, that how faith and faith community play into this to help you with this? There, there's a part of you making that decision yourself, but the context of just, you know, um, faith in God and and com- in community as well to help you in that. Well, relationships, I guess, would be another theme that permeates the book and my relationship mm-hmm. with God and with people at church. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I talked earlier about learning how to love people, um, and maybe it was another conversation, but loving people and learning how to love people well, that's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, to be healthy, whether you're in church or not in church. Yeah. For me, there, there are definitions of emotional health and relational health. And whether you're in church or not, there's there are going to be opportunities for you to step back and assess, is this healthy? Yeah. What's really going on here? Mm-hmm. So um, has the Lord helped me to understand what was healthy, what I was doing that wasn't healthy, what mm-hmm. I was experiencing wasn't healthy. When I could look out there and be like, oh, that, that doesn't look healthy. Yeah. Or this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Now I can put words to that. Okay, when you do that, I feel a little unsure and hesitant. So let me clarify. Let me look into this. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking a lot about what are some signs and indicators of health? Mm-hmm. What are some red flags, I call mm-hmm. them, for yeah. relationships? And it's relevant for people who are in church or who are not. Yeah. You know, so there are, there are ways to tell if yeah. this is a safe relationship if this so it's is mature right right and I think that you know for for me someone of faith you know who has been a Christian for a long time and's had my journeys up and down you know I think part of the motivation for me is and part of my own personal health is to you know based in my own relationships and my understanding of God and what you know he has said and what I believe you know to be true this this part of this apology forgiveness and reconciliation is is part of i think you know what i believe and i've seen it happen i've had to work through this have i resisted apologizing and and offering forgiveness absolutely have Mm -hmm. i been hurt absolutely but the freedom that comes when you decide to make that choice no matter what the outcome knowing that you know you did what you knew was right for me, what I felt God was saying, you know, Mel, this is the time to do it. It wasn't right away. When you go through trauma, when you're hurt by people, it's not an instant thing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a process. And, you know, years later, I'm still in that. Years later, I'm still like, okay, I need to forgive him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, give me the courage to, to forgive again, you know, because it, it won't go away. Right. It's just, you know, learning to to move forward and understanding, you know, what you're saying, healthy boundaries, healthy community, you know, and overall health in that way. Right. Um, But I think what I love, what you've been saying, is just this intentionality of living this life that is good and, and, you know, good for you and good for others. You know, and and that that means an apology. That means there is a choice to move forward and be better. Yeah. And not get just stuck in this place and go, why is this happening over and over again? And how come I'm so angry? It's like, actually, you need to make choices. Right. Right? <laughs> it doesn't just come instantaneously you're, like that, you're right? You're so right. There are you know? so many different layers and levels even of healing. Yeah. And a lot of people 
aren't accessing the healing that is available to them because yeah. they're holding on to some things. Yeah. And I don't, I never want to simplify the process that you're, like you're talking yeah. about. It's a process. Sometimes it could take years, but sometimes it is what we do with the time that is more important than time itself. Yeah. We talk, I, we I talk about that in the book. It's like a, I yeah. engage in a conversation <laughs> with the readers. Um, but some people, you know, some sayings, time heals all wounds. And, you know, the way I see it is, I mean, time could go by. But if your thinking doesn't change during that time, yeah, nothing's going to change. Right. If you keep on telling yourself, I hate him for what he did to me. I hate him. I hate him. Mm-hmm. Compound that over years. You hate him, and you never will get right. to that place, right? Right. So um, the idea that what you do matters yeah. is really key. Yeah. Really key. So Coach Drew, Andrew Blackwood, yeah. thank you so much for being you know, on the show. This is great. Again, I'm going to put it up here, the art of a genuine apology. Uh, people need to pick this up. It's great. And it's good as in just sort of steps on – on how to do this well, you know, here it says bringing healing to your most significant relationships. And who wouldn't want that? But like in every show, you know, I just think I want to encourage, you know, my listeners and viewers to make that choice for change. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be scary. But, you know, I always know that, you know, God is with them and they can do it. You can do it. You just have to choose to do it. Right. So thank you. How can we pick up this book? Well, uh, you can get it on my site, okay. www.coachdrew.ca. Okay. Go to the shop. And, and pick it up. It's also on Amazon, Create okay. Space. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for being with me. It was a pleasure to have you. And I've learned a lot. I'm actually now going to go and think through some things, be intentional. And even for me, you know, I think I'm thinking through if there are people that I need to make that step of apology and work towards forgiveness and reconciliation. I need to do that. So thank you for that great reminder. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, that's all the time we have this week. And hopefully you liked it. I know I'd hit that thumbs up button if I were you. You can also leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and it helps the show reach way more people. You don't have to give the show five stars, but it's strongly encouraged. 